Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed, this is episode 123. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week on Geeks Unleashed, we cover some geeky news, catch up on our pop culture lives, as, bring as, as well as bring a new review of something adapted from the comic book or game world. Before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Also, feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. It helps fund what we do. And uh, any money that's made is always put back in. And uh, uh, that would be very much appreciated to a you. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a short episode this week. No, no news, no catch-up. Uh, well, kind of a catch-up. We both watched something else yeah. before we jump into yeah. the meat and potatoes of things. <laughs> um, so this week, we both watched the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always 30th Anniversary Special. Uh, it was 30 years? By- My goodness. 30 years. I know, I know, I know. I, know. I can't believe I, like, Where does how, time go, you know? How, how young I was when it came out. <laughs> so and to be honest, we, we, we did an episode, uh, well, I thought it was back in November, I think. Um, yeah, it's a been a little while. Uh, where we and I'll link off. it in the show notes for you guys. Uh, we're following Jason, following the death of Jason David Frank. Uh, we did a, an episode kind of dedicated to him and actually how much Power Rangers had an impact on our lives. Um, so this short, this kind of short, uh, short movie, long episode, so to speak, was uh, yeah. directed by Charlie Haskell uh, or Haskell. Sorry, screenplay was by uh, Becca Barnes and Alwyn Dale. And it stars Walter Manuel Jones, David Yost, Stephen Cardenas, Catherine Sutherland, Charlie Kirsch, Johnny Young Bosch, Karen Ashley, Richard Stephen Horvitz, Barbara Goodson, Ryan Cooper, and Daniel Watterson. Uh, it's released on the 19th of April on Netflix at a running time of 55 minutes. I'm not going to do a proper review, but we just wanted to kind of chat about what we thought on it. And uh, we, we will give it a rating, but just what, yeah, what do you think, Jasmine? I mean, it literally felt very much like a Power Rangers episode. It was yeah. incredibly cheesy. The graphics were pretty bad, but like it was on brand, you know, yeah. like it was, I mean, it just, as soon as you turned it on, you were like, oh yeah, this is 100% Power Rangers. Like it wasn't trying to be anything that it's not. Mm-hmm. So it, there there was no upgrade. Like the, the way that they morph changed, which was kind of yeah. cool. But like, other than that, there were no upgrades at all. We're still at Angel Grove. We still have the same like cheesy sets. We still have the same awful dialogue. Uh, the acting is still very much not great. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the putties are still pretty awful. I think the putties got a little bit of an upgrade. Like they didn't look as ridiculous as they do in the in the TV series. But uh, yeah, no, like I'm pretty sure they even got the same uh, person to do the voice of Rita Repulsa, the original Rita Repulsa, because it sounded similar. Yeah, yeah, she I sounded think. exactly the same. Um, I, I thought though that Walter Jones and uh, David Jost's acting had massively improved from previous. <laughs> they were the only uh, two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be honest. I, I think Cat's acting was fairly terrible. Um, one of the things I did love about morphing, though, if you look at Rocky, uh, definitely made him slimmer every time he morphed. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, they were all completely different people when they morphed. Uh, I know, I know, I know. My biggest criticism was, and I don't, I, I, I think the guy who played Jason, I think at the time when this was being filmed, he was having some legal battles. Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I think there was something he'd been accused of or something or other. Uh, uh, that, that, that was seems to have died a death. But I don't really get why Jason David Frank, who has appeared in so many anniversary specials, 
you know, he he's come back so many times. Why he he had a you know, oh, I'm not coming back for this. Blah, 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 no, blah, Jason whatever. David Frank passed. You mean the guy who played Jason? No, 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 Jason. No, when this filmed, it was filmed before he d- died. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really get why. So no, no, the guy who played Jason was having some legal battles at the time. So mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that's why he didn't come back. Jason David Frank and um, the lady who played uh, Amy Jo Amy Jo Johnson. Amy Jo Johnson is busy. She like has yeah. network TV shows now. She's like, I ain't got time for Power Rangers anymore. I, I I think she would have come back if Jason David Frank come back. So I think she. I think that's kind of what I read between the lines and. Yeah, well, she's, they she's were said, in that Power Rangers movie together. Yeah, she said she said something like, "I didn't say no, I just didn't say yes to what was offered." And then she's she's said, "Oh, it was nothing to do with money," but I mean that heavily implies it was money. But I also think it was like I, I think as well. I think if they'd have all come back, I think she probably would have come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get out of all of them, she's the only one who really did pick up some fame. So it was annoying that they didn't all come back. However, I think they did well with those that did come back. Mm-hmm. And, and it was quite cool that they, because kind of the second generation of Mike Moore from Power Rangers, you know, Cat yeah. and Rocky. I wish we had uh, gotten more of Aisha and Adam, honestly. Yeah. Like, I was really bummed that they were in space. Like, that whole space arc was way after I stopped watching Power Rangers. So I was very confused as to, like, why the hell they were in space. I, I, like, I do, I'll be honest, I stopped watching Power Rangers before even the Zeo stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I remember at the time uh, on television, uh, it, it moved to a different channel, which we didn't pay for. So that's kind of then when I stopped watching it, and then I kind of got older and Power yeah. Rangers was not for me. So, but anyway, to talk about this special, I enjoyed, I enjoyed what we got. It felt very much like a Power Rangers episode. Mm-hmm. However, better better budget and money was put behind it i would love to have seen ernie at the end like i don't know if he's alive the actor or anything like that but i it would have been cool or just even to have bulk and skull sitting in the cafe yeah i mean we got a bulk and skull billboard but that was it oh i didn't even notice that yeah uh, toward the end like when they go back to angel grove and like the putties are attacking it's like there's a billboard for uh bulk and skull i think they have like a restaurant or something um, oh, and then okay. like they they bust through the billboard and destroy it <laughs> uh, okay oh okay okay uh i think it was good that they got um i, I know behind the scenes the reason david joss left was obviously like, homophobic comments behind the scenes and stuff like that so i thought mm-hmm. it was cool that there was obviously some uh gay representation in the episode considering mm-hmm. that what happened to him um as to why he walked off i think he walked off in the end or something like that oh wow uh, i didn't know that either so, um, how much drama so yeah there's always drama in these uh, things, right but, yeah but but i do I, I like look i didn't i haven't been keeping up with 30 years of power rangers so most of it was pretty pretty easy yeah i mean who, who commits to 30 <laughs> years of anything i mean law and order i think has been running for 30 years i still haven't feels watched. like it yeah I, i've probably only watched about 10 episodes in the last 30 years but uh anyway i think they did well in terms of us for our generation, we had to pick it back up. Now, there was comments made about things, like you say, that had gone on after that, which I hadn't kept up with. But I think mm-hmm. they did well enough to keep things going. I did know about Zordon being killed off in the Power Rangers in Space thing, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't watch it. I knew that was kind of the Power Rangers in Space kind of finished off the their their reign of Power mm-hmm. Rangers. But, I, I again, I didn't watch any of it. But I thought it did well. One of the things I really, really loved, I'll be honest with you, was the well i'll tell you all the things i love there was a few things i loved how they morphed yeah you know, the how they when he held out the 
uh, Billy, when he held it out at the beginning, the Morphine, and you just saw mm-hmm. the energy ripple over his skin and he becomes a ranger. I was like, that's cool. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it should have been done back then. But I know there was a budget. Um, I loved how they incorporated Trini's death. Yeah. Death into the show. Um, and I love how they gave her a daughter in the show and how at the end when she's fighting with the Power Rangers, how you see clips of mm-hmm. uh, Trini in her eye and the flashbacks and all this kind of stuff and she sees sees her mum. And obviously that, that the real actress died like you know, almost 30 years ago. It was a long yeah. time ago. And how it's the first time they actually incorporated that, her real death into the mythology of Power Rangers. And mm-hmm. um, and at the end, I love how they sort of, you know, there was a lot of nods and tributes, but I loved at the end, and I know this wasn't part of what they filmed, but I loved how they showed that scene from season two at the end where Kimberly's singing and playing guitar and, mm-hmm. and Zach starts singing along and you see that the original six yeah. team members sitting together. And I was like, if there was a lot of tear in your eye. Like, yeah, I, I, I did. There well, was I did a little, tear uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the TMI, I thought, look, overall, it was a Power Rangers episode, yeah. slightly modernised, slightly in better acting, slightly better technology. And also, actually, the other thing I loved was actually that Rita was trying to travel back in time to the very first pilot episode, and you yes. saw clips clips of that. Look, it's got everything of a spe- anniversary special that I think yeah. you should have. And I do know there's a current Power Rangers show at the moment called I think it's Dino Fury, mm-hmm. and the, and I I don't I literally can't find any news about this. But the girl who played um, Trini's daughter is mm-hmm. going to be in the first episode of season three of Dino Fury. Oh, okay, but that's only on IMDb. It says that. So mm-hmm. what I read was that there's no Yellow Ranger in Dino Fury. So as of season three, mm-hmm. I'm assuming she will be joining the team. Now I, don't, I literally can't find any news other than the fact that IMDb shows she's going to be in that first episode. Yeah. I I did like um, her so that would be kind of cool for her yeah i thought she was actually a very strong actress in this so for for a kind of caliber of actors they normally go for yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, <laughs> they, they choose even actors that the cw would be yeah listen so, with, uh, low budget is low budget you know you gotta yeah, yeah. you work with within your means so i'm not yeah. gonna fault them for being who they are but like i did enjoy it and i think it was very nostalgic i think it was definitely aimed to our generation of power rangers watchers um and it was just really fun. Like it was just an hour to take that trip back down memory lane to finally have them address the Trini's death. Um, it was, it was, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I, I liked it more than I thought I would. And it really, like I said, it just felt so familiar, even though I had no idea about the space stuff and all of those things. It was just like, and like as watching it this time, it was like, so when we started, we were at alpha five. And now we're all the way up to Alpha 9. So that just goes to show how many, like, how long this has been going that we're now, like, four versions of Alpha later. (laughs) Um, So what would you rate it? Uh, Okay. Now, I'm going to rate it, like, a four and a half, but that's based on, like, a Power Ranger-specific scale (laughs) versus, like, (laughs) a normal scale. Like, on a normal scale, this gets a two. But, like, on a Power Ranger scale, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I think yeah, if you're if you're comparing it to what we've had, it's definitely high up there. Yeah. If it was, if you'd never, if Power Rangers hadn't existed until today, like yeah. this was this was the first episode. And you know, what? sometimes you can walk into something like this because you know it's kind of it was the passing of the torch as well in this. It right. could have very well easily have been a pilot too. Um, I, I would definitely, if this had been like <laughs> C C W pilot, this would have been a real like a summer show. Yeah. This would have been a two out of five. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I I was like. 
when I watched it, I was I think I'm gonna give it four out of five, mainly because we didn't get the entire original cast. Yeah. I I, but I did like the way that they kind of addressed it. Like they got rid of pink, green, and yellow right off the bat. And so it was just kind of like, and red. And so it was just like, okay, well, there you go. You got rid of all the people that didn't come back. And now we can work with what we got. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was done well. So, uh, oh, okay. Um, I just, I've just been reminded of something that happens in 15 minutes. Um, so... No, across the UK. So just anyone that's listening in the UK, we're recording on Sunday in 15 minutes. There's a whole text message been sent across the entire of the UK. It's a one of those warning oh. uh, things. It's a test. So An emergency broadcast system, something. Yeah, yeah and what emergency broadcast system. So uh, I'm just making sure my phones are on silent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, right, okay. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of it. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2022 uh, was written by... <clears throat> Pat Casey and Josh Miller, directed by Jeff Fowler, and it's based on Sonic the Hedgehog by Sega. And again, stars all the same people with a few additions. We've got James Marsden, Ben Schwartz, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, Adam Pally, Shamar Moore, Idris Elba, Jim Carrey, and Colleen O'Shaughnessy. It was released on the 30th of March 2022 internationally. America got it on the 8th of April. Apparently, Japan got it way later on the 19th of wow. August. That's so. surprising. Uh, right, okay, so running time of 122 minutes, had a budget of circa 110 million, and made a whopping 405 million US dollars. That's that's good turnaround of cash. So. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, like <clears throat> this franchise has been doing pretty well. Like, uh, and again, I'm gonna give them the credit for redesigning Sonic. Like, I think if they had never done that, this would never have taken off the way that it did. Um, but it. I love it. Like these films are just so fun to watch and I'm super, super excited about the third one. Um, So just to refresh, Sonic the character was created by Naoto Oshima and Yuji Naka. And it was Sega's answer to Nintendo's Mario. Sega wanted a mascot, they wanted a rival and Sonic was their their guy. Um, So a couple of fun facts about this film. So in Japan, um, this one had a completely different title. It was called Sonic the movie, Sonic versus Knuckles. Also, one of the things that's different between Japan and the U.S. market, um, in Japan, in the games, Robotnik was always referred to as Dr. Eggman, which is funny because that's what Sonic calls Robotnik in the film to jab at him instead of calling him by his actual name. But Sega of America, when the games came out, decided they didn't like Eggman, so they changed Dr. Eggman to Dr. Robotnik. So those are pretty interchangeable, it seems, but also like somewhere further down the line it gets into the lore where robotnik came first and eggman is like a grandson or a great-grandson or something like that of robotnik but in general eggman and robotnik are interchangeable so i thought that was kind of interesting um and this one because the first one was so successful when before this one even came out they had already said oh yeah we're doing a third one um right now there is no actual date but it has a 2024 release so we don't know when next year but next year we're supposed to be getting sonic 3 i'm super excited about it uh and a couple of other guys like knuckles it it took them a long time to fill the voice role of knuckles and before we finally got idris elba but uh dwayne johnson and jason momoa were two of the other big time names that were considered to play knuckles 
that would have been super interesting if the rock had played knuckles i think <laughs> i'm glad he didn't i'll be honest <laughs> I like the rock, but as I've said it before, he he's a franchise stealer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I um, actually love the way that Idris Elba did it, like him being so completely aloof and just like out there playing knuckles. It was he did it. It's like that that super dry humor. I loved it. I loved oh, his he, knuckles. He he really had good dry humor. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've crushed the 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 robot, the, the digital Sonic uh, yeah. blue character. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so summary from IMDb, it's when the manic Dr. Robotnik returns to Earth with a new ally in Knuckles, the ancient, oh, I forget. How you say Kinder. That? Kinder. Uh, there you go. Uh, Sonic and his new friend Tails are all that stands in their way. So um, uh, do you want to go first, summarize your thoughts? Yeah. Okay. So this one, it essentially picks up pretty much where the other one left off. We've got, we start, well, we start off with Sonic thinking that he's a hero like he you know they live in i want to say they live in montana that's where green hills is Mm -hmm. um so they're in montana but sonic is in seattle he's stopping a bank robbery they're trying to rob like a a armored car um but he is so bad at being a hero that he destroys like so much of the streets of seattle just trying to stop this thing from happening um so i think i love the kind of progression of the relationship between uh, Sonic and Tom in this one, because Tom definitely steps out of like the friend role and steps into that dad role for Sonic. And just kind of the way that he's like, look, man, you got all this power. You can't just be willy nilly about it. It's very Spider-Man, you know, it's very like oh. uncle Ben and Pe- Peter Parker. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's nice to kind of see Sonic step into this, different kind of role for him instead of just being like this teenage kid um so i really really enjoyed the progression in this one but i also love the introduction of the new characters i love tails tails is so cute and so sweet um and knuckles is like unintentionally hilarious even though he's like this menacing character uh and i also love how this second film which is which was one of my complaints if you go back and listen to last week's episode it was one of my complaints was there weren't enough video game elements in the actual film itself and this one kind of answers that like we get sequences where it feels like you know he's he's running through the games we get a lot more kind of video game feel we even get that one sequence where knuckles and sonic are going head to head which is like the cover of one of the games um So I think they did a really good job of incorporating more game elements into this film. But I just think like the characters that they added, like Robotnik gets so much closer to the look of Robotnik from the games with that ridiculous mustache that he has. Mm. Um, I just, I, I don't know, like as a, so I, you know, I never really played the games, but I was obsessed with the cartoons. And so as that inner kid in me, like I, this takes me right back to the cartoons and it very much feels like the Sonic that I am familiar with. So I think that this movie did a good job of adding to what the first one built. Um, so I think that this is a really, really good follow-up. I do know. I actually think I prefer the second one to the first one. Yeah. Uh, I think the first one did a really good job. And I think sometimes you have to go through an okay, right. you know, first one 
to actually get a better sequel. Now, if we'd have put in Tails and Knuckles and everybody in the first one, it would have been too much bloating. It right. Would been, it would have been over the top. Yeah. So, uh, and the first one was good. It was, you know, it was, a, it was not a bad film. They introduced yeah. us to the human cast and Sonic and a tiny bit of mythology. And I was a little bit, I think I did say in last week's episode, I was annoyed that the mythology was kind of wafer thin and then mm-hmm. we just had Sonic on Earth. Um, however, this one follows up nicely and actually kind of pushes the human cast away from about the first hour right. of the film. Yeah. And allows us to more concentrate on Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, and Robotnik characters yeah. that actually we're all really familiar with. Whilst it was set on Earth, they really incorporated more mythology from the first one. They showed us the owl from the first movie as sort of a, a ghostly figure from mm-hmm. a map. And then they mentioned that the the emerald, uh so the, basically the chaos emeralds that were very familiar right. with games are actually on Earth. And that's actually why he was sent there from the first film, making actually that more important. In yep. the first film now which was one of your complaints was. too about yeah. wanting to know more about the lore from the first film so yeah. i that's what i said like i just think that this film did such a good job of addressing all of the issues with the first film um and and like bringing mm-hmm. them out and making them better mm-hmm. I, I think throughout it was there was a lot more nods to mm-hmm. gameplay that we had it, it, it like was the temple run me. Yeah, the temple run, you know, just the avalanche going down, just everything, the fighting, the sequences, just everything about it. There was just so much more to it. The second half, we obviously got a lot more of the human cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fine. Uh, and, I, and I'm actually glad that we had less of the human cast. Probably not for the humans, but you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, what's his name? The guy, oh, I forget his name. Uh, Shamar Moore? Yeah, from um, SWAT. Yeah. Uh, who basically plays the same character from SWAT. Yeah. Uh, like... That scene, that was all pretty funny, I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, even, the whole wedding. I, I don't think he's actually a funny actor. I don't think he does comedy. <laughs> Not, but, no, he doesn't. But, but, it was, uh, but the uh, the lady he was marrying from the first film, mm-hmm. oh, I loved the fact that she threw, uh, uh, drove towards it, you know, like, yeah. uh, uh, what was it? she smashed everything up in a little golf buggy thing yeah like, as she turns around it all blows up and she's down the bottle of champagne and, and all that and i was just like that was a cool scene i was like yeah. that, that was absolutely hilarious nothing to do with sonic but i was like yeah. that was good that that would fit in like i don't know one of those that felt very hangover like that felt like a scene right yeah, out of the yeah. hangover yeah yeah it would fit in one of those films quite easily <laughs> but anyway um no i loved it overall i thought it was a much stronger second film really really did well uh, the new cast additions did really well to intertwine with the originals. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that we got a lot more game gameplay yeah. incorporated into this. Anyway, do you have a favorite character? Because there's a lot bigger cast this time around. Yeah. Okay. So funny enough, one of my favorite characters this time was Rachel. Uh, like she just, her and the whole like Bridezilla thing and the way that she just kind of took over. Like when, like you said, when, when it was focused on the humans, she was the highlight of the human part of this film. So she's yeah. my favorite, like, human character. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would say my favorite animated character was definitely Knuckles because I love it when people are, like, out of place in a in a certain time. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite tropes. And Knuckles was so completely out of place here on Earth. Um, and it was just so funny. He was so awkward. He was so just – he didn't understand – nuance or anything subtle like it was just so funny to watch him interact with everyone like the way that he interacted with Robotnik and Stone the way that he interacted with Sonic and Knuckles like I mean Sonic and Tails like I just got such a kick out of Knuckles being in this film and then at the very end he's like I have defeated you at the base of ball 
<laughs> oh yeah, I love that as well. It that reminds me of um uh, the, did you see Home with um the purple alien guy, the voice from um Big Bang Theory? Is it no. called Home? Not Home. Is it Home? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Home with um uh, Rihanna. No, I that was on my list. I've never seen it though. Oh, watch that because he does things out of like out of sequence. Like yeah. he was locked in a cupboard and he says, Can I come into the out now? And she's like, uh-huh. No, you can't come into the out now. Rather than say, Can I come out now? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He mixes words up as well, like a bit like Knuckles mixes words up. Yeah. Uh, I have defeated you at the base of Paul or whatever. <laughs> like no, it was oh, honestly, yeah, Knuckles is great. I think yeah. like you, I think human cars wise, I think Rachel actually is the most funny and hilarious. Yeah. Actually, heartbreak and see her wedding just i know right sham. like what a shitty like, thing to do project catfish like <laughs> yeah horrible <laughs> like, yeah but i love that kind of that they did incorporate actually a nice ending for her but she mm. was absolutely hilarious for it brilliant she uh of the animated cast i, I think tales for me like, yeah I, I love tales I, I love i just love how he he kind of rescues Sonic so many mm-hmm. times and how he's got all the gadgets. And uh, the, one of my favorites was actually them all on the plane later on. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and also when um, he saves Sonic from the car and, and flicks his tails around, he's like, they call me tails. Cause I've got two tails. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just thought he was great. He was really cute and adorable. And you know, who can't love Sonic? I thought Sonic yeah. was a great addition to the games when he first came out in Sonic 2, and I think he's a really great addition for, for this movie. In fact, I think it's pretty cool that actually Sonic uh, Tales was in Sonic 2, just like in the games. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. That's I love it. So now we've got a hedgehog, a fox, and an Akinda. Yeah. <laughs> so well, the structure of this film, I think it was kind of, it was split into two halves, really. Yeah. We had, had our, we kind of, we got rid of the humans very quickly at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we actually, that part of Tales from the first movie, they brought it in about 10 minutes into the first yeah. film. So I thought that was good. But they, they obviously wrote that in in the first film, mm-hmm. probably not knowing how they would use it. So then they actually were like, actually, this is how we're going to use it now. Yeah. So, um, so we have we have Robotnik and Knuckles kind of team <clears> up <throat> early on. Mm-hmm. We get rid of the human cast. And then it all kind of... Um, the adventure happens very quickly. Right. You know, you know, Sonic's going to end up destroying that house. Very yes, uh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and then we follow them all on an adventure. As we've talked about already, we kind of go into mythology and they mm. find magical maps and everything like that. And then they end up teaming up with their human partners. And I and it's and I've seen this happen before, where Sonic and um, uh, what's his name, the 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 the, 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 the human guy. Oh, Tom. Uh, yeah, James Marsden's character, Tom. So at the beginning, where he snaps it, it was like you're not my dad or whatever. And I knew at the end, I was mm-hmm. like hands down at the end. So he's like he calls him dad at the end, which I yeah. thought was quite sweet. Yeah. So I love that we go on that journey. It's a character journey as well. Of course, an yeah. Adventure, an adventure journey. So, but it was nice uh, to see. Like, it's nice to see that they're giving an animated character a chance to grow. Like, we can mm-hmm. definitely see Sonic's growth in this film, especially at the very end when he has all of the chaos emeralds inside of him, and then he lets them go. And mm-hmm. everybody is like, "Well, why did you? Why did you? You had like you just became the most powerful being in the universe. Like, why did you let it go?" And he said, "I got a lot of growing up to do." And I was like, "I love this movie." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So did you have any favorite scenes throughout the movie? Favorite scenes? Um, I mean, I'm sure I did. Like the, like you said, the scene at the wedding with Rachel and the golf cart, that was yeah. like, that was chef's kiss. That was so top notch. I also love the scene um, at the very end when Sonic is fighting Robotnik, but he's like golden Sonic. Um, and just how 
serious he gets when it comes to like protecting his family. Uh, I really, so I really love the end sequence. Um, but I, <laughs> I also love Jim Carrey as Robotnik. So that entire opening sequence with him on the mushroom planet, trying to make mushroom coffee over <laughs> and over and over again, really just like cracked me up. Jim Carrey is such an idiot. I swear. Like he, he, like, I just, the way that he just embodies the ridiculousness of Robotnik is so great. So yeah, I, I love the mushroom coffee scene too. I think Robotnik is a is a sorry, Robotnik. Jim Carrey is a perfect Robotnik. Like, yeah, yeah, he's so I great. I saw a scene. I saw a scene the other day of Jim Carrey, and I can't remember which which chat <clears> show it was on. Um, it's one of the American late night chat shows where he walks out. Uh, if you literally type into YouTube "Jim Carrey applause," you'll see it. <laughs> he walks out to a whole audience, and everyone's applauding him, and he just stands there. Just stands there, and everyone's continuing to applaud. And whoever the chat show host was, I honestly can't remember who it was. Like you could see they're getting really, really uncomfortable because Jim Carrey's literally just standing there for like a good five minutes while everyone's just continuing to applause. And, and the, the 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 chat show host goes, Jim, Jim, are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. He goes, I just wondered if I just carried on standing here, how long they would carry on applauding. <laughs> <laughs> But, but he's right though he just stood there and everyone just carried on going right? yeah and uh but he's i think he, this character is just so perfect for him because yeah. he he plays it so well and yeah I think it allows him to play his best strengths i think yeah. yeah um i think for me my favorite scene was when sonic became supersonic yeah and that for me just I had instant flashbacks to being a kid and i got all the emeralds in sonic 2 but i only got them towards the end i reckon in the last Four, le- four levels left mm-hmm. I think I've got the Chaos Emeralds the first time I did it and you had to get 50 rings before you I think it was 50 rings I think before you could trigger supersonic yeah and then, and then you couldn't keep supersonic in the game because the, the rings then became a countdown mm-hmm. um so you couldn't be supersonic forever so yeah I honestly I, I loved it I thought it was great so um and for me personally i don't think i'd change anything about this movie me neither honestly no i just this it like it's one of the few times where a sequel does everything that i hoped it would do and i think that that's pretty impressive i the the way that they were able to take all of the things that we loved about the first film and then make them even better and add to our wish list like mm-hmm. I just I just think that they did it so well. So there's not other than like some of the human jokes. Um, I think like the human dialogue was a bit lacking. Uh, uh, but other than that, like I definitely wouldn't change anything with the way that they did the animated characters in this one. I I just mm-hmm. I love them. So there was a sequence at the end where. <gasps> so oh, so before we talk about that sequence. Um, as Project Catfish, they brought back a lot of the military people from mm-hmm. the previous, and they all came out. And then after everything's said and done, they've had the baseball, they've all gone off. Uh, suddenly it goes back to sort of the military people kind of mopping up the Robotnik battle mm-hmm. scene. And then they said they found something about a file dating back 50 years. Mm-hmm. And then it fades away to some some sort of... Uh, some bunker some bunker that's far more advanced than it would be for 50 years old it looks like it's probably 50 years from now right uh, but anyway but it's hidden but apparently it's 50 years old and you see it start raising from the ground as they say project shadow dun, dun, um, dun. so i i'm actually i'm not sure if i've ever played a game with shadow the hedgehog if i'm totally honest um 
So Shadow the Hedgehog, I know, is a later addition to the game mm-hmm. franchise when I kind of, <clears throat> kind of dipped out of, I, you know, like I say, I played Sonic 1, 2, mm-hmm. Sonic and Knuckles. I think I may have played a bit of 3. Um, and then I kind of, oh, that was it, Sonic Adventure. And um, uh, yeah, I completed Sonic Adventure. Oh, and I've got Sonic Mania, but I've never completed mm-hmm. it. I've, I've, I bought Sonic Mania ages ago on the PS4. But... Um, I've never completed Sonic Mania, to be honest. But other than that, I haven't played anything with with Shadow the Hedgehog in. Yeah. So I don't have <clears throat> as many familiarities with Shadow as uh, other people may. I don't know if Shadow showed up in any of those games I've mentioned. I'm old now, so my memory's <laughs> I think Shadow's first appearance, uh, appearance was in The Adventures of Sonic. Um, let me see. Do, do you remember Shadow? No, I had never heard of Shadow. Not until they mentioned it in this in this movie. Because, uh, like I said, I, I I've only ever played one Sonic game one time. Um, so I'm very much not familiar with the games at all. Um, oh, he was in uh, Sonic Heroes. No, I've never played that. So. Yeah. So, but but Shadow in itself is like a really interesting character because like the backstory for Shadow is that it was a Robotnik project. Like Robotnik created this genetic like copy of a hedgehog so it's not a shadow's not a real hedgehog like it's a it, he was pretty much made in a lab um but he's like an anti-hero like he he still wants to save the world but he he hate oh there it goes there there goes the british test system <laughs> it uh, works I, you know i turned my phone <laughs> off and turned it on just um <laughs> after three after three hoping that it would be gone but uh obviously not anyway i've <laughs> That was way too loud. Right, okay. But, like, I think it's interesting because I I really want to see if this plays out the same way. Like, I want to see if Robotnik was the one who created Shadow um, 50 years ago, even though Robotnik doesn't seem like he's that old. But uh, Mm. I'm so interested to see because, like, the way that they describe Shadow is that he just, he hates humans, but also wants to save the world. Uh, So, like, there's that that constant battle within him. So I imagine him and Knuckles are going to have a lot of, uh similarities but i'd be i mean i think adding a character like shadow who is another anti-hero like knuckles i think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic to have in the third film so i don't know about you i don't know about you but does this make you want to play a game with shadow in so these films have not made me want to pick up a sonic game not at all they have made me want to go back and revisit the cartoons but they have not made me want to play a game I'm interested. I, I actually, because I know there was an actual standalone Shadow the Hedgehog game. Yeah. Um. I'm. I am considering whether to. To look for it. More. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, it, only for cheap. I'm not going to go and drop twenty or thirty <laughs> quid on one. But if I can pick one up for a couple of quid or something, I'm. I'm intrigued. To yeah. Go go and get one. But anyway, I am very much. I think this game sort of game. This film solved all of the problems that I had with the first film. It was, right. Like the first one was okay. Yeah. This one was standalone mm, superior in yes. so many ways. I like the fact that we got rid of the human cast for a good chunk of it. I like the fact yeah. that on actually the characters I grew up with. <clears throat> um, I, I was always a huge fan of Knuckles. I mean, even Sonic and Tails, but Knuckles is, is, is a brilliant character. And I, I loved the introduction of Tails as well. Yeah. Um, I think they're all great. And I think that Jim Carrey has really, really yes. honed Robotnik down to a T. Yeah. Uh, and I love the fact that we went back to that mythology from the first film. And I'm really hoping that as a third one goes on, we're going to 
obviously see that mythology grow and and just it's gonna be amazing hopefully and, and the villain clearly is gonna be shadow yeah um i'm sure robotnik will be back of uh, course uh the spin-off obviously is meant to be knuckles knuckles is the one getting the spin-off so i don't know what's going to happen there or when that's going to come out but mm-hmm. yeah look I'll, I'll watch them all carry on making them so. yeah i'm i'm really happy like you said i i think it's i think it's rare that you actually get a sequel that addresses all of the issues of the first film and then makes those issues better. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think a lot of times you get a sequel and it's just kind of like, they pretend that the first film never happened. So the second film is just a completely new thing. But in this one, it very much feels like a continuation, but like you just feel the growth in the second film. Um, and again, like incorporating all of those game elements that, you know, the, the gamers really appreciate. I'm, I'm sure we're not the only ones. Like I'm sure a lot of people wanted more game. Just like we said with, uh, with Mario, with the Mario that just came out this year. Um, it was nice to see so many game elements in the film. Whereas in that first film in 93, we didn't get much of that at all. You know? So what would you rate this out of five? Four and a half. So, so literally, I was thinking the same number. Honestly, yeah. I was thinking four and a half. So I was thinking four and a half as well. And I was thinking, oh, I gave Parrying just four and a half. But yeah, yeah. It's, a different, it's a different four and a half. I did. Well, because so. I gave the first one a four. Um, and I think that I enjoyed this one a lot better. So I got to give this one a higher rating than the first film. So this one gets a four and a half. No, anyway, it's been fun doing this the whole month of uh, April. Yeah. Uh, Mario uh, versus Sonic. Yeah. So... Well, who do you actually, think wins? Which, actually, which... One, uh, one question, yeah. Mario versus Sonic, who would win? It's going to be Sonic. Let's be yeah, it's got to be Sonic, yeah. Like, I mean, Sonic like, and as far as film-wise, like, as much as I love that 1993 uh, Mario Brothers film, like, I honestly enjoyed these Sonic films so much more than I enjoyed the Mario films. Like, I just, especially Sonic 2. So, like, it of all the films we watched this month, this film, this Sonic 2, is my favorite film of April. Oh, of all of those films. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, ra- ranking them. Wow. Uh, like, no, I think for me, I would, I would, okay, so I think for me, it's the, the new Mario film that came out in April 1st. Okay. Then Sonic <clears throat> 2, then Sonic 2, then the Mario 93, mm-hmm. and then the, the first Sonic at the bottom. Okay, all right. What about I, you? Or do you I think before? this, Sonic 2 is my top. And then yeah. I would put the 93 Mario movie and then Sonic 1 and then Mario, the new one. Oh, wow. You put it all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think because like for me, my nostalgia is always more attached to cartoons than it mm. is to games. Mm. So my nostalgia for Sonic is based on like the hours and hours and hours I spent watching <sighs> two versions of Sonic cartoons. So I just have more time invested in Sonic than I did in Mario. Even though I played the games, the Mario games, I just, I don't know, like having a cartoon, like helps you build, I guess, more of a connection to something than, than playing a game to me. So I don't know. I just, I feel like I, even though I've never played the Sonic games, I feel like I just have more history with Sonic than I do with Mario. Okay. Random question. Okay. Princess Peach, Princess Peach versus Knuckles. Knuckles. <laughs> Come on, Knuckles. No, okay. The Princess Peach from the new movie. Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> She was pretty badass in the new movie. Uh, she was, but you know, he's got the power bump now. Like he, yeah, yeah. he instead of hitting the baseball with the bat, he power bumps the baseball with his fist, and everybody yeah. is like, "That is cheating, Knuckles!" Like you cannot. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I won at baseball with the power bump. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, we'll stop there. All right, okay, so that's our Sonic and Mario month done. Yes, which that was a fun nicely. month. 
Yeah, it was a good month. Like we'll we'll return for a gaming month where we'll bring in Uncharted and Pikachu's and Tomb Raiders and Oh man, I can't wait. That sounds exciting. Um right, next week and for the whole of May. I'm excited about May too. Fantastic Four. So next week we are going to cover the unreleased Fantastic Four movie. Oh and man! We can follow our journey through May as we touch base on all of every Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four, every uh, all for, all for, all four Fantastic Four movies, as well as the doomed Fantastic documentary. Four documentary. So, I think that might be our first documentary too. I think so too. So. Yeah, interesting. Um, but anyway, you can follow us on social media. We are Geeks Unleashed on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. And when we're going to end this episode, Jasmine is getting on a golf course and driving off to a wedding with a bottle of champagne. Very true. <laughs> very true. We're, we're going to oh, see what Monday at work is like. Oh <laughs> if you actually do that, please take photos. Sorry. Somebody's um, going to get a video. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, have a good week, everyone. Good journey. Good journey.